Hey, everything fam. We are back with part two on black motherhood. If you haven't already listened to part one, please do so. It really is a great introduction to who I am, your host, Abiel, and my amazing guest, my mother. We continue our conversation and directly speak about the film 1001, directed by A.V. Rockwell and starring Tiana Taylor. Now, let me warn you, we definitely get into some spoilers. So go watch the film. All right, y'all, let's start the show. Welcome to All About Everything, where we talk about, well, everything. Everything from politics, culture, education, womanhood, manhood. Hey, it's all on the table. Are you ready to hear truth in all its complexities? You'll do it here and All About Everything. she moved to another shelter. Now you know I was in Rutgers. I really missed you, girl. Yeah, and apparently these roots, too. What you been doing? What you been doing? Nothing yet the roots makes you, too. Terry, just let me see your eyes so I know you're not mad at me. I'm staying out of trouble this time. Tell me more about your foster mother. You like her? Make you feel better if you came to stay with me? Yeah. All right, we're gonna go to Harlem, where I grew up at. The city had him. He's not supposed to be with me. Can't you get locked up for that? You keep it to yourself. Where's my dad at? He's gone. But you wouldn't like them anyway. I got somebody else in mind. Terry, I want you to meet Lucky. Lucky's gonna be moving in with us. How long? (laughs) Okay, we're back. And we're going to transition into our uh, film, 1001. And just to give a little background and and to read the synopsis of the film, it is considered unapologetic and free-spirited, specifically uh, by the character Inez, who is played by the very talented Tiana Taylor, who kidnaps her six-year-old son, Terry, who's played by three actors, first Aaron Kinsley Atatola, next the adolescent version by Avon Courtney, and then finally by the eldest version, Josiah Cross. Um, she kidnaps Terry from the foster care system. They set out to reclaim their sense of home, identity, and stability in a rapidly changing New York City. And this is all set in the like early 90s. Um, the film was directed by A.V. Rockwell. Lena Waite is noted as one of the producers of the film. And to date, it has grossed $3.4 million in box office revenue and received a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. So a very highly rated mm-hmm. film. I know we had a lot of strong opinions about it. So we're going <laughs> to get into that now. So my first question, I just want to read this quote from one of the critics at Rotten Tomato, who is Ammon Worman from Empire Magazine magazine um, is where he, uh, I guess, has his publication. And it states, come from Taylor or come for Taylor's breakout performance. Stay for a tender, confidently told story of black motherhood and sacrifice. Rockwell is one to watch. Speaking of the director. So, mommy, what was your take? Um, I I really enjoyed that movie. Um, 
I have to admit, movies about us. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. That that you know, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, I I'm one of those who I grew up, you know, at a time when we was happy to see one show with black folks on yeah, it. You know, definitely. we we were fans of uh, you know, uh good times and mm-hmm. you know, uh, stuff like that. I would tell you even this show called Hee Haw, when they had Charlie Pride on there, Charlie Pride yeah. was an African American country, country music singer. singer yeah. We get excited about that. <laughs> yeah. So I come from a, a very long history of being excited about us mm-hmm. in film and yeah. you know like um my probably my teen years into mm-hmm. my early 20s you know we grew up with those traditional black exploitation movies yeah, truck turner shaft yeah uh coffee um you know all these you know bigger than life characters but somebody had to do that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we we had to make you know, a a a a tough, not following the rules police person, a hero. Yeah. You know, you had to make a pimp be something that you know. Oh my gosh, he mm-hmm. got a long a car a block long. Yeah. And wearing suits and canes yeah, and but you know short. I'm I'm you know the seventies so platform yeah. heels bigger than life kind of thing. Right. So you know you. You kind of yearn, mm-hmm. you know, for good black cinema, and you know, I, I'm I'm liking the you know putting that spin on it cinema because yeah. it's just so much more than a movie. Yeah, this was. is an experience, and mm-hmm. and um, it it follows a long tradition of you know black film that we do in our culture consider iconic and mm-hmm. and cinematic mm-hmm. because. You know, you you appreciate what the directors, the producers, the actors do, yes. but you also, you know, like the story. Oh, yeah. You know, Definitely. the story is something familiar, mm-hmm. or it could be something we yearn for, mm-hmm. or seeing ourselves a little bit different. So, black cinema for me has a place, but this particular movie, mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons, you know, yeah. um. I guess the the most impressive thing or my my first take on it was the lens that this woman went through mm-hmm. to get her son out of the foster care system and we all know and we all got you know views on the foster care system now yeah. granted Personally, I wouldn't want to know a world without that to have something Mm -hmm. in place to help care for broken families and situations that, you know, happen in families where, you know, you need that type of service. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, goodness, y'all got to do better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I know better takes, you know, probably more qualified employees, Mm -hmm. um, and and just you know uh finding a way to unburden the system True. and having been a public school teacher mm-hmm. in an inner city mm-hmm. school for over 20 years i can relate to you know that 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 system yes. that sort of made makes messes yes. of situations yeah, it does. and 
what it requires of us, those, you know, we, we hear that adage, it takes a village. Oh, yes. If you are a member of somebody's village, you need to step up and be present, mm-hmm. you know, especially in a child's life. Because yeah. that time is so important. Mm-hmm. You you don't get that time back. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get do-overs, you know, and sometimes permanent damage mm-hmm. uh, um, is done and it. You know, it ends up being a part of, of that person's just being. Yeah. You know, so um, that was, you know, what I, you know, was first that that stood out. You know, cause she, well, I don't want to give away the movie, but That's okay. she was in certain circumstances, and you know, of course, it led to her being incarcerated, right. and um, you know, as soon as she got out on the streets. Mm-hmm. She was asking questions. Hey, anybody know what happened to that little boy, mm-hmm. Terry? You know, mm-hmm. because um, people remember him, you know, just standing around, yes. hanging out with people until they all went home, but he didn't have anywhere to stay, mm-hmm. trying to get food, just forging for himself, yeah. by himself. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, was probably about a seven or eight-year-old kid doing this. Exactly. And, you know, as in cases like that, you know, somebody in the village reports it. Of course. You brought up some really strong points there, and it is totally fine. Um, everyone's been warned about uh, spoilers, so please don't get mad because we, we're about to unleash some, especially when we get into this. But um, looking back at the title and 1001 and just hearing that in like cultural aspects kind of got me researching a little bit. So there is are some theories out there as to how the title of the movie became or, or at least how it was... Uh, presented to us in the film, but um, 1001, according to NPR.org, the Harlem apartment um, that Inez was actually raising Terry in had the number 10-01. Um, obviously, that would be 8001 if you're kind of just saying, it, especially in a New York accent and stuff. <laughs> but um, I also kind of looked up the quote of us uh, or a quote from an author, S.M. Pastore, um, where basically in this uh, book, I believe she is the author of, is I don't know the context, I just saw the quote, but it made me really connect to this movie, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. But we tried a thousand times, he said. Let's try a thousand and one. So with that quote, how does that translate to our overall conversation of black motherhood, but specifically in the film? And don't be afraid (laughs) to share uh, a spoiler or two. Like I said, please go watch this film. It's so amazing. But I like we tried a thousand times. Let's try even a thousand and one. How do you think that relates to Inez and Terry? Well, I think on the part of Inez, Inez had a focused drive and it's the only word I can come up with that she was determined one uh, when she was you know uh, let out of jail you know she had been in the film you you get the Mm -hmm. notion that she had been incarcerated for quite some time Mm -hmm. but that she was determined to find Terry which you know in the movie that's her 
child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to find out what happened to him in her old neighborhood, going into bodegas and asking questions and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff and getting looks from people like, oh, I know you ain't asking about Terry when you left him, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's the impression that, you know, we get. But if you really think back, Tia, uh, Tia, the actress, uh, mm-hmm. but the character Inez, mm-hmm. um, she just had a won't quit. She smoked a, you know, she literally smoked a thousand and one cigarettes <laughs> yeah, in the movie. <laughs> you get past that, you realize she she tried everything, mm-hmm. and she finally got up on something mm-hmm. that led her to find out where he was. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it was raw to mm-hmm. me. Uh, but you know, to me, she wasn't like, can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. I will find my child. And that was what I was thinking all through mm-hmm. the movie. But of course, you know, we know there's a little caveat there, yeah. Yeah. but, um, you know, I was like, man, mm-hmm. you know, and it made you wonder, you know, was she driven, you know, in, in, during her time of incarceration, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on? Maybe she was even, Plotting and, and planning, okay, as soon as I get out, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to ask, I'm going to find out. But what we also find out is she had to deal with, she couldn't deal with this at the face of it. She had yeah. to deal with this, Under. you know, in alleys and back corners, if you will. When I mm-hmm. say it like that, I just mean, you know, she couldn't go to the adoption places mm-hmm. or the government agencies and right. ask, uh, yes, I am looking for one Terry, whatever his right. name is, born on whatever. Yeah, and even uh, with raising him, right. once she found him, you know, it was like, you know, had to get, spoiler here, but uh-huh. had to get, you know, fake papers for him right. and stuff just because, so he could go to school. Right, yeah. because the the thought, it seemed to me, you know, you 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 realize that she was trying her best to protect him mm-hmm. like she wasn't able to when, you know, yeah. when, when she was taken, when literally she was taken away. away from him. Of course, yeah. And then, of course, you know, uh, that child, you know, and that actor played that role so well. Mm-hmm. He acted like an abandoned child did. Mm-hmm. You know, when she did finally find him, mm-hmm. he was like, Anne, you right, know, it just, was like, what you want, a party? Because, right, you know, you came, me. you yeah. left me, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, when kids hurt, yeah. you know, they will let you know, mm-hmm. you know, and know something. You think you just swam the 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 dark deep blue ocean to get to you yeah and that's like here I am yeah and I don't get no love for that right. and I could feel that mm. uh with with the character Inez yeah and if I can piggyback with uh Terry you know um trying to understand and I mean in the movie is such a a nice pace but you can get lost in the very nuanced things that are going on. Um, but ultimately you're seeing that there's a big secret and Terry's trying to figure out he has tenacity that he learns from her as well. But at the same time, he's so left in the dark. And I know in black motherhood, you know, we see this in, in, in that, that we're a monolith. We, we obviously, even today talking to you probably might relate to a lot of people, might not relate to a lot of people, but it's our experience as you being my mom. But we do know that 
um, from certain generations and then certain of us that that secretness, uh, secret secret stuff about, you know, trying to protect and not letting you know of the full story. Mm-hmm. But I liked how we kind of said this, you know, during breaks and stuff that that was a sign of protection. But at the same time, we were assuming as the audience, because we've seen this story before. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in Losing Isaiah. Yes. And I was saying that we kind of seen it in that portrayal. It demonized the black mm-hmm. mother. Oh, she's on mm-hmm. drugs. She'll never right. get right. She'll never be fit. Fit for yeah. But if I can uh, remind you, mm-hmm. remember, um, here we go, giving away. Give yeah. away, people. Yeah. Um, she, you know, when she got with her best friend. Yes. Uh-huh. And her best friend's mom never really had that for true. her. And, mm-hmm. you know, she literally got in Inez's ear yeah. and said, you know, you yeah. ain't you you need to get your act together and do mm-hmm. right by this child. Exactly. You can't just run and roam the streets with this child. Yeah. And let her know, you know, I don't even know why you think you can do that. You you're not fit to be his mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you remember how that was she a took very issue with trigger. that. Yeah. She it triggered her and I mean to to the to almost uh uh, exact uh, uh, act of violence oh, on yeah. on, um, on, on her friend's, friend's mother. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. you know that lady was a mom, yeah. and all she was in her way mm-hmm. trying to say, you 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 know you gotta know what you're doing here, right? And 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 the assumption was made. This is this is a child. Mm-hmm. This ain't some. Little puppy and you. So most people would have issue with you doing mm-hmm. a yeah, puppy, puppy like, like that. that. Yeah, but this is not. Something you when you get tired of it, you can just put it on the shelf and yeah. you know let it go. I got that sense from uh, there too. Me too, exactly. So that that theme mm-hmm. in movies of this genre, I yeah. think, is you know well, it's got to be something wrong with that mom, mom you right? Know, some emotional, some mental yes. situation, some physical situation, situation with being you know actively yeah. uh, addicted to drugs and of course. you know or. Even um, uh, domestic violence, violence, you know, yeah. people look at that mom and mm-hmm. it's a shame that, you you know, we tend to burden the moms with it. But, you know, it's like protected all because I can tell you many times watching a Dr. Field show, you mm-hmm. know, he always talk about, uh, you know, you need to protect your children. You need to get out. But yeah. I think it's not always so easy to get out. No. And then. Uh, even what you might lock your own self in. You know, yes. I think there came a point when, and in the summer wide, uh, what her friend's mother said to her, I think, stung so bad. Because mm-hmm. deep down, Inez knew it was true. Definitely. Right. Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. Right. thought about MIT, Harvard. Something's going to happen. I can feel it. Is your mother home? Maybe it's time to give him some answers that he's been looking for. Is Daryl your real name? Have you told anyone else about this? No. <laughs> when are you going to realize that you are enough? I got a war for you. You know that? Against anybody. Against this whole city. But they're not breaking us up this time.
So the um yeah, I, going back to what you were saying in regards to you know, these assumptions that are made and then even the friend's mother really kind of judging her harshly. But I know in that time of the movie, I was right with that mother because I was like, yes, girl, you need to get yourself together, get a job, get your, you know, we have these kind of pull yourself from the uh, bootstraps Mm -hmm. and and do what it takes um, to be the best mother you can. But to get into another spoiler, when we realize that um, when Terry actually kind of is doing what any teenager, 17 years old, and he um, becomes a very wonderful student and involved in as best as he can be involved at his school. But the next thing is for him to apply for colleges and try to get into some scholarship things and opportunities. And us being educators, we know we've seen of Terry uh, in our classrooms mm-hmm. before, and we know we will go that extra mile, especially when it's as simple, oh, just do the application. Mm-hmm. But through that, he has to provide a a social security number, which ends up being obviously totally bogus. Bogus. And as an audience member, we're thinking, oh, crap, because we're thinking she did all this because, as I said uh, in the synopsis, he was kidnapped. So we thinking she's just taking a child back. And, you know, there's a lot of issues with that, but we thought that was it. Mm -hmm. But in reality, she really kidnapped a child that was not biologically hers. Mm -hmm. And, but that really released an emotional watershed between me, you and my sisters who watched this film with uh, with us um, at my home. And I, you know, when I was hugging you in mm-hmm. that moment, we really got mm-hmm. so emotional. Why do you think we got so emotional at the end of the film? Well, I know for me, um, and I and I go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she sacrificed a lot because of what Inez did was got totally out of her realm. Yeah. Uh, you know, you hear people stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Well, if she had stayed in her lane, yeah. she's that, you know, and some of you, I'm aging myself here, that ghetto, fabulous, big earrings, mm-hmm. popping that chewing gum, black, mm-hmm. orchid, lipstick, and yeah. all of it, and that head wagon. Yeah. That was Inez's lane. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, you know, I, I don't mind telling you I have a bias of a Certain kind, yeah. you know, where, you know, I've, I've always felt like, okay, maybe you weren't ready for motherhood, but it's, yeah. it, whether it's thrust upon you or mm-hmm. it's a slow road to get there, whatever, mm-hmm. it's, it's time to get real and put your big girl panties on. Mm-hmm. Your time of clubbing and, mm-hmm. you know, all that, that's <laughs> gone now. Now you got to be a mom. Yeah. So that to me, was where I was with that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like we see things in the movie and uh, I remember one thing that kind of struck me. I mean, she did all the stuff to try to have as normal, and I go air quotes again, Mm -hmm. she married a man that at first First, you raise your mm -hmm. eyebrow, 
This man, um, you know, formerly incarcerated, formerly yeah. incarcerated, lucky. knew her, look, mm-hmm. lucky, right? Knew her back in the day, and yeah. and all of that. And I just, you know, thought, oh gosh, he, he yeah. probably, he, I mean, people, he looked like a wife beetle, sure, for yeah. sure, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And you I thought they, that that yeah. was where the movie was gonna turn because. You know, Terry was kind of a little standoffish. And, mm-hmm. and then he told him, hey, you know I'm going to marry your mama, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, in his way, mm-hmm. rough and gruff around the edges that it was, he was trying to let him know, give me a shot. Give yeah. me a chance. Yeah. And I'll do right by you, and I'll do right by her. Mm-hmm. And damn, if the man didn't do the damn thing. He did. He, he really did. did. He really did. And, and like I say, in his way. In his way, yeah. He did. But they Thanks. were able to fashion what we call a typical American family unit. Yeah. The mother, mm-hmm. the father, and the child. Yeah. And Terry actually thrived in there. You know, mm-hmm. he had his moments. Of course. But remember, um, you know, she like you said, she was she got really um selective and and mm-hmm. picky about who he was hanging out with and things he was, you know, doing, being out in the street and yeah. stuff. And it, and like you said, I think it may have been transitioning. I know he he was trying to get really prepped for college, mm-hmm. but I think this may have been a transition to the high school that yes. he's going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I remember the a part in that movie. You going to that school? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and she was, and and I I I just think about. Probably a thousand and one mothers, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, might have said, you're going to get your work. Yeah. You're going to do this. You're going to college. Yeah. You know, how many of us were just wheeled and mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe dragged literally and, and, and for sure emotionally kicking and screaming to success or to what we measure as success in this society, right. you know. But um, I think, um, you know... It it got so emotional for me was because she had to let go twice. Yeah, she had to let go twice. Sure you know, you realize she let you know when when the truth. And I will not dispel the truth. I'm not. Okay. I'm not gonna tell you, <laughs> folks. You gotta watch it. I'm not gonna yeah. tell you what the truth. Uh, it's like in uh, Law and Order when the truth music plays. Yeah. You know, they play that music in the background and then, dun, dun. Right. you know, you, <laughs> you find out who the crook is or the killer admits who, what he did. You know, all I call it right. the truth, the truth time. Exactly. But I'm not going to divulge the truth here. But she lost him twice. Or yeah. it, I think Better said he lost her twice. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. the first time it was just horrible circumstances. Of course. And you really were mad mm-hmm. because somebody abandoned a child. Yeah. This time he let himself go emotionally like he probably didn't do at eight. Yeah. He just stopped feeling mm-hmm. at eight. Mm. But at 19, 18, 20, when all the truth started coming out yeah. and he realized... And and she, you know, it looked as if she abandoned him again. But I say he lost her twice. That broke me. Yeah, that I, broke I think me. so. I, I, as a mother of sons, um, you know, you you understand how emotional. Uh, I mean, or how it is so important to tr- teach your sons that it's okay to cry, it's okay to be vulnerable, and in a situation like this. 
you know, the hardness that is there to protect is so important as well. But it just made me think of my boys mm-hmm. and to know that if I was taken away from them after raising them just as if they mm-hmm. were physically from me, um, it, it it just it got me that way. Mm-hmm. So that that was that was tough. Mm-hmm. And I think I wanted to add this. A lot of people are questioning, like, why did she smile at the end? Mm-hmm. But I think there was some satisfaction that goes back to why the film is even called A Thousand and One. I gave it all I got. Mm-hmm. I, to get him from the time that she got him off the street again, or even the first time mm-hmm. when he probably was like three or four because his memory's fuzzy, and to reignite and then they just take on you know their life together, have a way that was hooked by crook, as mm-hmm. I say. Um, she did it, and... We, and I'll say this, but, <laughs> you know, she saved somebody like herself mm-hmm. because she mm-hmm. was in the foster care system. And that was the whole thing with Terry. She she saw herself in him so much. And she really, I felt like she healed the little girl in her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by giving her life of service to a child mm-hmm. that wasn't physically hers, mm-hmm. but emotionally, spiritually um, hers. So. Mm-hmm. Last question here. What is your dream for black mothers? Ooh, what is my dream for black mothers? Well, I guess I could just say, um, I'm going to say, I, I might, I'm considering where I want to back that up. Dream for just black women. Yeah. Um, I pray that women at, some level of their life, one know their worth. Mm-hmm. You have to know your worth, yeah. and you have to be aware of your worth. Whether people are giving you indications to what that worth is, or you you're discovering it, you know through you know your work or you know just your being. Mm-hmm. But you know you got to have a sense that God didn't make no junk, mm-hmm. and He didn't. And if He was gonna start, He didn't start with you. That's right. You know, so I would back that up to, you know, my my dream for women would be know your worth. Now I drop it down to, you know, my dream for black moms. It's just that they get a chance to um, experience the fullness Mm -hmm. of motherhood. Mm -hmm. I pray that at no part in the, once you decide to, to take on the journey of motherhood, that nowhere is it muted. Mm. You know, you don't become ill or, you know, or or there's loss, they're one or the other. But in spite of the the chance of that happening, Mm -hmm. I pray that there's a a something there to help pick that up. You know, um, I I dealt with loss very early in my life. I was mm-hmm. seven mm-hmm. when my mom passed away. Yeah. And I was truly blessed to have many, many mother figures in my life, even to date, to yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And I will be 63 years old in a week from yeah. here, mm-hmm. about a week from here. And um, I I'm, I'm, would pray for mothers that they just enjoy the fullness of motherhood. The 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 crazy, the screaming, the tan up the house, <laughs> the wonderfully um 
loving hugs and kisses and, you know, little promises that little voices make to you like, mommy, you'll always be my friend, you know, and, and then when they get, you know, maybe 13 or 14, it might not be the case. But I will say, you know, I personally have enjoyed the gift of the fullness of motherhood. And I know it's a gift from God. And when you open yourself up to that Mm -hmm. and you trust God and, and, and the Lord's vision in helping you through that, Mm -hmm. you, you gonna, it's going to be better than anything. I, I I would just even ditto that to family life in general. You know, Mm -hmm. God has that partner for you. And, you know, the love that he grows between you and that partner, yeah. you know, grows this wonderful thing we call babies. Yeah. And, and and that gives us that first end to motherhood. Now, motherhood ain't always experienced through, you know, a biological birthing right. of a child. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of women in my life have motherly ways and don't have a child in the world yeah. other than me, yeah. you know. Or or my role in their life. You, yeah. know, you like the daughter I never had. Yeah. And, you know, of course, that's what I was for Aunt Betty. Betty. Right, exactly. And, you know, my aunt was a teacher for about 37 years. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure every kid she taught until she got us, mm-hmm. you know, and even beyond that, those yeah. were her children. And I have, you know, friends and colleagues. Mm-hmm. That's, that's still world. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's still world. Yeah. And. You know, so motherhood is 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 it's that you know for some, unfortunately, it's elusive, yeah. in 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 regard to you know having your own child if if that's you know, and I don't want to trivialize it by saying if that's your thing, mm-hmm. but the fullness I think of motherhood would afford you that without you having naturally birthed a child in the world. Mm-hmm. I know people who mother puppies and doggies yes. and, you know, uh, just, you know, like other kids, mm-hmm. you know, other people's children mm-hmm. and, you know, nieces and nephews oh, yeah. and cousins. And God. the world is full. Yeah. And, and, and motherhood, you know, is very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or, or I guess I could say it's a means of fulfilling that yearning you may have for mm-hmm. you know so i it, i guess for motherhood it'd be my wish that women at any level at any point in their life experience yeah. the fullness of motherhood that's awesome yeah that's that's amazing and kind of leads into <clears throat> what i like to do at the end of the show uh which is just kind of for everybody to understand anything and everything as we know that's what our show is all about but if I can just piggyback on what was wonderfully said which is you know black women all women mothers of any way type you want to go into that as you just laid out the fullness and and really having the opportunity to see the children that you have put into live their lives too because mm-hmm. I think there's something to say about um, unfortunately the legacy of being a black mother that we're burying in our children mm-hmm. before we go mm-hmm. and that's because of racial injustice and all the things that break down from that and in my dreams you know black women are 
old and their children are old and their grandchildren are <laughs> older adults and your great grands like everybody living a life like grand grand mm-hmm. which is my great grandmother my mother's uh grandmother but <laughs> but even in her life the sadness of you know she lived the life very similar to you you losing her mother at a young age and then to lose a child mm-hmm. so if i could have a dream for grand grand it would have been <laughs> you know you are old, <laughs> your children are old, and everybody's here, you know, and living in their in their lives that the way God intended them to live. But we hope this blessed you and that it encouraged you and makes you feel like you can go the distance and uh, go a thousand and one times over go. and whatever <laughs> you are doing in life. But um, this was just such an amazing, amazing conversation. I just want to thank you again, Mommy, so much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for, you know, giving me an opportunity. And, you know, yeah. I, I will say for us, this is just our kind of girl talk. It is. You know? We're just sharing it with everyone else. It's right. literally what um, going on the highway, talking to her on the speakerphone, clearly. <laughs> but, you know, at, at what it is in our life. And um, I know... I don't want to take it for granted because I'm so blessed to have a mother that is really like a friend, especially um, in in my age I am now. So we are so thankful that you were here. So yes, of course. So thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And listeners, we uh, hope to be talking to you soon again. Bye. Bye bye. Peace out. Now that we've came to the end of the show, please take the time to answer the Q&A listed below on your Spotify. I love feedback. It helps me grow and I really feel connected to you everything fam. Thanks to my mother TK for being an amazing first guest and bestowing her wisdom. Much appreciated. This episode part one and two was written and produced by yours truly, Abiel. The tunes you hear, Yeah, (laughs) they were provided by Spotify podcasters. Again, to watch the film 1001, you go to Peacock. It's currently streaming there. It's an excellent, excellent film. Please check it out. All right, y'all. Until next time. God bless.